This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to uh, Video Games Cover to Cover. Here on our continuing coverage of Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age S Definitive Edition. There's nothing I left out. Super Ultimate uh, 25 Collector's Special Pack. I feel like they're going to re-release this game. You know, when like the Switch X comes out, or whatever they xxl or whatever they do <laughs> like, like they did with the ds they're gonna re-release it and then it's gonna be like the xl edition updated graphics and <laughs> it'll become just like final fantasy 15 they just re-release the same game over and over and over until they finally decide to make final fantasy 7 and then they're just gonna remake that over and over and over the and it's just gonna be an ongoing remake yeah it's just it's never it's never gonna end which is exactly what you want because they'll only ever always be in Midgar. I mean, I'm okay with that in theory if we just got like several games that were all Midgar and like we just pretend that everything after this doesn't matter anymore because it doesn't. I don't understand why you have this obsession with Midgar. I still don't get it. Even we had what I don't know, 15 episodes on it and I still don't understand your obsession with Midgar. I didn't even think it was that great. I think it's a lot more interesting than the stuff that comes after, but I guess we'll see because who knows what's going to come after at this point now that they're changing everything. Yeah. So this is episode 65? Yes. Part 8? I don't remember what... I For some reason, I always forget what part it is on the game itself, but it is definitely episode 65. So where did we leave off last time? I know last time was mostly our well, 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 side quest. Where, where we left off was you explaining... Your ridiculous grinding technique. But in terms of actual plot, we were just getting ready to go to Lana Lulu, which is definitely not, you know, an obvious Honolulu pair reference or anything. I wouldn't necessarily say that my grinding techniques are are ridiculous. I mean, this game, you s- it allows for it. You said you spent like 40 hours between the casino and grinding, which is longer than you played the actual game. I would call that ridiculous just on a time spent perspective. Okay, for, whoa, 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 whoa. The actual game? That is the game. The game is this. You know, just because you spread your grinding out between things, between areas, I'm just doing all my grinding all at once. And then I just get it out of the way, you know? You grind little bits here and there. I just wanted to get it out of the way. But you're not going to be out of the way because you're still going to do it. And now I am an unbelievable powerhouse that just absolutely slays everything. You know, I can't be bothered to have a challenge in this game because the challenge for me was setting up the perfect XP gains. And I've done that. Well, definitely not perfect because, you know, as you get into the later acts, there's options for way, way more EXP than I can get now. But that is beside the point. Right. Which is why, again, when you get to those higher XP, you're just going to do this again. Well, so it's until not like you're I inevitably hit 99, because I have to assume that that's the max. I would assume so as well. Yes. 
but my point is, it's not like you're done with grinding despite having done it for 40 hours. Yeah. What level are you at this point? Uh, 50-something, I think. I think yeah. I, I, it's been a couple... It's It's been about a... Honestly, that it's been about a week about right. since I played, so I think I'm around 60, or, or not 60, 50, like high 40s, low 50s, somewhere in there. Probably closer to the high 40s. What level are you? Uh, Low 30s, like 32, I think. You gotta, you gotta get on my level, man. You'll get I mean, there someday. I mean, you know, I just don't want to spend all that time doing nothing but fighting slimes or whatever because i get really bored with that really quickly i'm glad it works for you but it never has for me that sort of thing i guess i am just a multitasker in a sense when i am sitting there for long periods of time where i'm editing audio at this point i'm pretty i would like to think i'm pretty good at it at least decent when i'm sitting there doing that why wouldn't i grind if i have the option to because then I'm making progress on the game, albeit small progress. Or because it's on the Switch, if I'm out there watching television or a movie or something with my wife, I can sit there and grind and also make progress on the game. So that way the rest of the game is easier on me when I go to play it and sit down and have sessions. I'm a busy person. So when I'm doing other stuff that I don't, and a game allows me to make progress where I don't have to pay attention really at all. I'm going to do that every single time and I'm just going to sit there and grind. It just makes sense to me to make progress while I'm doing other stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair. I'm not like, I'm not saying you're wrong to do it. I just don't get into that, I guess. And that's also why I think you, uh, you know, historically got so much more into Disgaea and, and stuff than I did, which isn't to say that I didn't enjoy it, but I never, you know, tried to take characters all the way to max level and stuff, and you were all about that sort of thing, so. Well, I don't like, when I'm playing something and when I'm making progress, I generally, now that I'm older, like to have an easier time because I generally don't have an hour to sit down and just do a boss fight. But if I can power level while I'm doing other stuff, like watching television or editing audio, then it's one of those things where when I go to fight the boss, it's like, oh, cool, it's like 10 minutes. And it's not a situation where I get to the boss and it's 12 in the morning and then it takes me 45 minutes to beat the boss and then I die because of the the RNG of just getting string shotted over and over and then immediately hit by missiles. That super ticks me off. Really? I didn't I didn't know that when you talked about it for like 20 minutes two weeks. Well, ago. and then it's one of those situations where I can't sleep. Because I'm like, cool, well, now I'm just stuck there. I know that I'm going to have to do this tomorrow. That's really annoying. It, I mean, that's the thing. Like, our brain chemistry is different, man. I have ADHD. You don't. You know, I get distracted very easily. So because of that, it's way easier for me to just, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to try and make little progress here and there while I'm doing other stuff. So that way the game itself is easier when I go to actually sit down and play it later. Because if I get distracted, I'm probably not coming back to it. That's just the way it works. And that's why I, I heavily despise games that require lots and lots of attention pretty much 
100% of the time. It takes a very special game for me to really want to sit down and play it. And for about two weeks, that was uh, Ghost. But even now, I'm like, eh, I don't really know if I want to play it again. That's wild. But no, in general, I, I just have a much harder time focusing on games that require a lot of attention. And that's why I do things like this. I make it significantly easier on myself so that way when I do play it later, I'm not getting nearly as frustrated because I just don't, regardless of the fact that I put 40 hours into it, that 40 hours was not spent only playing the game. And and, it, and I would have to, I would say about maybe five hours of that was spent not doing other stuff like the slot machines. I was literally, I literally binged an entire ep- season of an anime while I was doing that. It's just a lot of time. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just the all it's the way I've always got around keeping myself interested in that sort of thing. Now, Witcher was Witcher was different. I really did have to pay attention in Witcher, but I was also able to make the game easier on myself by doing different builds and I, I kept making it easier on myself because I figured out how to dupe those items, even though, though you weren't <laughs> supposed to be able to. So <laughs> there, are, I always try to game the system or cheese a game. It's always something I'm going to try to do just because it's not that, you know, I just it's really just about keeping my attention for as long as possible. And as soon like with Final Fantasy, when we got to the end of that and I died and had to restart everything. I was like, oh, I really don't want to play this game anymore. Can I just watch a video and just leave it at that? Or like, I just don't want to do it. So yeah, it is nice that it, I, I that's why I really, really like RPGs. And a lot of times JRPGs, because they really give you the options to, you know, level and not have to really pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I've always really liked RPGs and just the the concept of leveling and getting stronger as the game goes on in general. But yeah, I, I am not one for... Now, there are occasional exceptions like Diablo where the grind is literally the entire game or whatever, but that's a really good... Like, those are very rare, very much the exception, not the rule for me. So, And then on some level, it is more of that when you go in, I know the dialogue doesn't change, but as we're about to, as we're about to talk about... When you go in and you beat a boss and it's like two minutes, when you're done, it's like from a player's perspective, you're like, oh yeah, I'm walking around this town. It's like, do you people understand what I just did? You've been out here for what I can only assume is like a week. I just (laughs) showed up and in like five minutes, I annihilated this thing. Do you even understand the level of strength but, I have? But do you right have now? do you have any idea how much suffering you? Because we've been suffering this entire week, and if you would just come here instead of going off and grinding that whole time, then how you was I supposed to know that you were suffering, people? And plus, they don't know that you know that, and I know that they don't know that. All they know is this dude just showed up and saved the day. It's not my fault they were suffering for a week. All I have to say to that is get good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting choice of phrase for the guy who talks about how much he hates Dark Souls constantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
my form of getting good is power leveling to the point where I don't have to be. <laughs> so it's literally the opposite of getting good. No, it is not. How is that not getting good? That's listen. What my guy is doing is I'm walking around as the luminary, just slaughtering slimes, like hundreds upon hundreds of slimes, occasionally slaughtering the metal ones. And somehow that gives my character so much fighting experience that when he shows up, he's so good, he can just do tons of damage. That's what I relate that to. It's battle experience. So you're saying the character is getting good, not the player. Correct. The, I can be as garbage as 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 I need to be. The the character is just so strong. It's like I'm like One Punch Man. One Punch Man, he arguably is good, but you'll never even know that because there is nothing that challenges him. I don't know how. I don't know what you mean. Arguably, he's good. <laughs> like he's he's several levels beyond good. That's kind of the no point no no of the no show. no. How can you prove that? That he is good when every single punch is just, he's just so strong that he defeats everybody in one punch. I I, I get what you're saying now. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. As a character, the Luminary just shows up and he's one punch man. And he's like, oh, I just need a challenge. And it's like, well, Chris, the player does not want a challenge. So you're never going to get one. Basically, I am in control. I am exactly, my mindset is one punch man. I want to be so strong that I just wipe everything out in one punch because I just don't I just don't care about the challenge though. So I'm basically a villain from One Punch Man. Except I'm also not trying to take over the world. You're, you're One case, Punch I'm, Man but without his motivation of his his character motivation of I want something that actually challenges me. Correct. Because I want to be One Punch Man and not have a challenge. Side topic, but this reminds me of I was watching a video recently about some of the most disappointing games of the year. And one of them was the the One Punch Man fighting game. They're like, well, because you don't even get to play as Saitama. You know, he just runs in or whatever. Like, I don't know what, what they're doing. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to... I never played the game. I can't say maybe it's a really bad game. I have no idea. But I don't think not getting to play as Saitama is part of what would make it bad because like, you're kind of literally defeating the point of the entire concept if you just let everybody play as the guy who beats everything instantly. Now... I do have a comeback to that. Saitama could have been introduced as a special character that after you beat the game, you could fly through the game with him and just kill everybody in one punch, and that would be cool. Well, the way they did it was you can select him as a character on your team, but he doesn't actually show up, and if you survive the fight with less characters, once the timer runs out, he shows up and wins the fight for you. Oh. So it's not like he's not in the game. And I believe they actually included a secret character of Dream Saitama, where Dream Saitama is, he actually is weaker, so he can actually have a fight because that's his fantasy. Which makes sense, yeah. Because so he had like a dream in one of the episodes where he was, you know, where he did have a challenge and he was so excited for it. Right, exactly. And so, again, like, maybe that game is garbage. I have no idea. I've never played it. I don't know. But I feel like. Being upset that you don't get to just run around to Saitama automatically, like I, I feel like that is kind of missing the point of the show and everything at that point. I mean, it almost feels like that's something we should look into uh, to determine if the game is actually garbage. You know, we have the technology. It's like a one-shot. Yeah, I would say as a one-shot or something, yes, we could do that. Well, I wouldn't do it as a full game because... So what would you even say? Yeah. 
<laughs> I fought this guy. It was cool. I fought this other guy. It was less cool. And then Chris got really angry and ranted about it for 20 minutes. And that's that's the episode. Like, we already know that's how it's going to go down. So once we get to Hana, wait, not Honolulu, Lonolulu. Lonolulu. Essentially, all we're doing here is just a quick recap from last week is a mermaid has sent us here to go find her lover. We get there. There's a fisherman from this village that she sent back and hasn't seen since and has been waiting for him. We get there and we essentially find out that there is somebody named Kai, but he is somewhere else in the village or he's left somewhere and you need to go talk to his grandma or something. Well, eventually we find out he went off hunting with the rest of the people in the boats. There's another big octopus thing similar to the one that we were dealing with back in uh, Gondola. But you don't find that out until after you talk to his grandmother. So once you get to the second section of the city where I guess it's just for some reason there's a door there, but it doesn't really do anything. So I I don't know. Maybe that was like a load in like the DS version or something. I have no idea. But you get up there and his grandmother is talking to the children, uh, talking to the children about or is that his mother? I think that's his grandmother. Uh, No, it was it was was his no, it it was his mother. Yeah, no, no, no. That was his grandmother. Because his mother died. No. I thought. No, it's his, it's his mom. That, the, the, the puppet lady is his mom. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. well, anyway. Regardless, he seems awfully, ancestor. He seems awfully should... young for that to be his actual mother. Like, when you actually meet Kai, he is like a teenager. And he refers to the guy as his grandpa, not his dad. So I don't really know what happened to his parents, but I don't. I mean, we're getting ahead, but that, as I remember how it went, that was his mom because, uh, it, you know, we'll have to retalk about it when we get there, but that was his mom because he said that, like, that's the lady that his grandpa saved and raised that then went on to become his mother that was able to move back into the village because his grandpa was never able to come back to the village and he never married anybody. Hmm. Regardless, so she tells us these stories. Um, she's talking to the children that are around the 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 city thing. She has this whole elaborate like puppet show stage play thing, which I mean, admittedly, like thinking about seeing that in person, like, yeah, this is really cool, except all it is is mermaids are the worst. <laughs> yeah, I was really at this point, I was almost thinking that there was something going on with this mermaid. Yeah, same here. They were laying it on really thick to the point where I'm like, so what's actually going on here? Has the mermaid been lying to us? Because I had the same reaction of just like, these people really, really hate mermaids. Well, essentially she goes down and she says that her her father, this Kai's grandfather, was supposed to marry the chief, I think, is what they say. I think he was a chief. Was he the was the chief's su- daughter. He was supposed to marry the chief's daughter. Yeah. And Essentially, what happened is there was a big hurricane, and then we. this is where the mermaid comes in. She saves his life. Apparently, the way the mother tells it is this mermaid uses her mermaid magic to, like, mess with him. And says that she's going to take his soul, and then if she doesn't get his soul or get him or whatever, there's going to be retribution. And so when this guy comes back, for some I still don't even know why he went back in the first place, but I guess he goes back. 
and he goes back home, which is exactly why I thought that, well, this seems off because why on earth would he even go back? If he's found, if, if he truly loves this mermaid, why would he even go back? He would just leave everybody to think that they're dead. It's not like he even had a family at that point because I'm pretty sure his family was like, it was just him. Yeah, so, well, whatever family he had, they never come up in this story at all. So for all intents and purposes, it's just him. And, and so he comes back and I guess he gets married to the daughter, but then like goes out to the sea every single day and complains about how he wants a divorce and he doesn't love her and that he loves the mermaid. Yeah, which, of course, in this telling is because of the like wicked spell the mermaid has put on him and like made him do this. And so essentially he they they're they're basically are like okay you're an insane crazy person you know I don't want anything to do with you anymore and so they exiled him to the back of the island and burned his boat so he couldn't even leave to which why it almost makes it sound like from my perspective, he went back to his supposed to be wife and said, listen, I'm sorry. I don't love you anymore. I like this mermaid. And she was basically like, daddy, destroy him. Yeah. I mean, that would be seem to be the alternate possibility here. Yes. At this point, you know, we don't have enough information to make a decision, but it definitely comes off that if, if the mermaid didn't do anything to him, then yeah, that's more or less how it would have had to go. So this whole time, I'm now thinking, okay, well, this mermaid must be super evil. And maybe the mermaid is the one actually controlling that octopus thing. But apparently a few years go by and he's exiled. She finds a new husband and then she gives birth to a daughter. It's weird to call it exile, though, considering he's like a block away. And the only way to get where he is is to go through the village. And just nobody <laughs> likes it there. And that's where I guess they bury all their dead so they're just like you chill out in the cemetery Which like I you could have just let me leave yeah like i i just thought that was really strange that his exile was literally just like you have to go sit in the farthest part of the city where no one else can go and it's like and it's not like oh. they took his boat away from him they burned his boat yeah which again like if he's exiled just let him leave i yeah so i was really confused about that at this time i'm like all right maybe they don't want the whole mermaids to like come back and destroy them all or something but then another massive hurricane happens and it turns out that her husband the chief's daughter has perished along with i guess the chief so she's left alone and then they think that this mermaid put a spell on her because of all this to where she was essentially took her and her daughter and threw herself off of a cliff or something and when they go to try and find her, they come across this, the crazy guy who is covered in water and has this baby who's covered in water and I guess looks blue. And so then they're like, this must be a mermaid human hybrid. This is the worst thing that could ever happen. Like you stay there and you're exiled or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what? Just, like at this point, just let him leave. I don't understand why you are forcing him to stay because if you force somebody to stay and then a hurricane happens and kills a whole bunch of important people and this dude shows up with a blue, wet baby, I'd be like, hey, maybe just let that guy go. You know, we let's just cut our losses at this point and just let the guy leave. Listen, he, he burned down his boat. 
We can make them another boat. There are trees. I've seen them. We can make another boat. <laughs> yeah, and really, by making him stay, you're just courting bad luck at that point, right? Like, if you really think this is all happening because this mermaid can't have him, like, just let him go. Go go do the thing. Like, if you, if you truly believe everything that's been said, he's doomed no matter what. So better him than the entire village, right? <laughs> and what I'm really confused about, after hearing this story, Veronica's like, cool, where's this Kai dude? Uh, because we need to introduce him to the mermaid. Uh, guys, did you not just hear this, the same story I did? That That's clearly the people we're looking for. Like, what? Are you serious right now? How are you not putting two and two together? So then she's like, oh, you're looking for Kai. He's so wonderful. I love him. He's great. He's my son or grandson or whatever we end up deciding by the end of this episode. And <laughs> he uh, he's out there fighting the giant octopus thing. And I was like, sweet. Okay, time to go deal with this problem. Like, finally, finally, I get to battle this octopus. If only Jasper was here to see me walk up to this octopus and just slay it. <laughs> it's like, dude, you don't even understand my power. I was I was doing the octopus a favor before. Yeah, now granted I hadn't leveled up at all then, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the octopus doesn't know that. So we roll up to these guys and they're like, go back, go back, go back octopus or something it's like look up and we see silvando is looking up because he's trying to figure out what they're saying and he sees this ship just falling out of the sky <laughs> yeah and it's like I've... what what is going on right now oh they're they're saying hello or something no no look up man so we get there and this octopus is like hey it's time to play guys let's do this octopus i don't understand you don't understand the mistake you just made it is it is on now i walk up to this octopus with with the luminary jade uh silvando and eric that's an interesting combo the the lack of like basically any magic <laughs> for you for you that is really weird as if i saying. have no magic first off you can switch out party members whenever you want I understand that. I'm just I'm just saying building a team with essentially no magic department at all other than the luminaries couple spells is it's just very unusual for you. It's all I was getting at. Do you understand how many spells the luminary has? The luminary is basically Veronica at this point. I have boom, I have everything I need as the luminary. But Andrew, it doesn't even matter. And here's why. Every person with the exception Jade has dual weapons, which means two attacks. I rolled up there with the with the luminary, and they're like, "You got to take care of the tentacles." And I'm like, "Okay." I do also. I, I real quick. I just do also have to say it is also really funny that you're like everybody has two attacks, but Jade, when she's the only character that starts with the ability to do two attacks. Well, that's if you don't put a spear on her. That's yes, if you, if you give her the claws. claws. Right. I know. I just thought that was that it's really funny that the one character who starts with that ability is the only one you weren't using it with. The spear, by like a humongous margin, is significantly better than the claws. Like I, I can't even the the margin of spe of skills that she gets with the spear versus the claws is astronomical. I walk up there 
and the hero, well, I guess the luminary, we roll up, and this is the scene that I want to paint. We're like, oh, cool, that thing dropped out of the sky. Before it hit the ground, I was ready to attack. The luminary just walks out, just arcing electricity all over him. And they're like, look out, watch out. You just hear me in the background just, I'm the luminary! Massive lightning bolt just strikes down upon this octopus creature. I do like about 150 damage with the luminary to the first tentacle. I kill the the first tentacle immediately with the next attack (laughs) because Jade goes. And do you want to know why I love Spear so much, Andrew? I don't even have her best one. I did like multi-thrust against the tentacle. 355 damage. Is this how it's going to be from now on? Just you telling about how badly you just like absolutely destroy every boss we fight for the rest of the game? Pretty much. I just roll up and I'm like, guys, here's the thing. I don't know what you're doing out here, but we just showed up and absolutely like we had octopus for dinner that night. We have in calamari, guys. We've got it. And to be fair, they do immediately be like, we're having a huge fee, so I have to assume they're eating that squid. My question is, how did you fare in this battle? Because I killed it in in round two. I was about to say, yeah, I didn't do it nearly as well as you did, but I got through it. I didn't have any problem. Um, The tentacles do eventually regenerate, which happened to me, I think, once. (laughs) But No idea. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it, because I knew you obviously didn't find out about that. But they also only come back, I think, one at a time, so it was really easy to deal with them after you... Knock them out the first time. What do the tentacles even do? I just started off killing them. They just have an extra attack. Like, I mean, they smack you. Like, it it wasn't anything huge. They're just annoying. Do you want to know how much damage that tentacle did? I thought you just said, I thought you just said you didn't know because you killed them before they got to do anything. No, the tentacle attacked me. I said round two. The The, the second tentacle tentacle got to attack me. Oh, okay. Continue. 15 damage. Pretty, pretty manageable. If I have to say so myself. Yeah, I mean, especially at level 50-something where you probably, or I'm sure everybody has hundreds of HP at this point. Yeah, I mean, 15, I was like, wait, did, was there a mosquito or something that just, I'm really confused. Like, what's happening here? Yeah, I destroyed it. Unbelievable. And then I'm, they're like, oh, we got to have this massive party. And I'm like, you don't understand what you just witnessed. Maybe you didn't hear, but I am the luminary. Everyone seems to think I'm the dark spawn. They're like, uh, from what we just saw... Um, maybe because what you did to that poor octopus, I mean, he was just, he was just attacking us. Uh, but that was horrendous. (laughs) This was, I mean, we wanted to defeat it, but we were not asking for this. It's like, you could have at least, you know, made it seem like there was a challenge. No, this way we're scaring off all the other giant octopuses to know not to mess with us. It's like, yeah, you guys got to understand here that octopus will never bother you again. Well, well, duh. But neither will any of the other. Oh, sea I was about creatures. to say, like, regardless of how badly you beat it, it wasn't going to bother you again. That's kind of how defeating things until, like, fighting something until it dies works. It's not bothering you again after that. It's like you go down later and you talk to the queen, and it's like, <laughs> did you see the octopus? And she's like, yeah, I did. You think I'm happy about that? So once you get back, you have a massive party. And everybody is having a great time. And 
I think you had mentioned, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but I know you had mentioned on the on the Discord server that you showed up to town and the uh, priestess lady was just completely sloshed <laughs> and she was slurring her words and everything. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't mention a hero because we hadn't talked about Lulu yet. But yeah, um, she's you know, three sheets to the wind at a minimum. Uh, and But yeah, she'll still save your game and stuff. She just, it takes a little bit to... <laughs> she's she's not quite as quick on the uptake as she was when she's sober. And I again, that's one of those things that I just find a really nice touch and gives the game so much more personality by, by having by doing it this way. You know, okay, having to go find a priest to save can be, or, or a statue can be kind of annoying, but this is so much more personality than if it was just like random save points, like in a lot of old games. Which I was actually surprised by that because the shopkeepers were also all gone. Everybody was gone. She let you save by just, you know, walking up to her, but all the shopkeepers are gone and everything. It's not like, you know, in most RPGs, when you get back to a town and everybody is partying or whatever, you go back to play the actual game after that video and it's like all is back to normal. It's like, oh, all the shopkeepers are there, all the priests are there, whatever. Everyone's just back to normal. And it's like, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I thought we were having a massive party. Okay, whatever. And, like, you walk around and some people are like, woo, 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 we're having fun. But people were actually partying. Yeah, and, again, actually partying in a way that was cool. Yeah, because, like you say, things changed or whatever. But, again, it just made things feel a little more alive, even though it's obviously, you know, all a scripted thing or whatever. And Dragon Quest has been full of those little touches that I've always kind of said well before this one that Dragon Quest is more about, like, the journey and the people that you're going to meet and stuff. And these little touches like this are part of why that's true for me more than the actual going and saving the world quest. That's just the thing you're doing as an excuse to go meet all these people, basically. But the little like side touches like that are, I don't know. I've, I've just been really enjoying that. So the luminary is actually the only one that's staying on task this time. Not even Eric was willing to, to stick around because you start walking around the town and it's very clear that none of your party members are around you. You get to a certain spot and Jade is sitting there and I guess she's talking to somebody and then she's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I was going to go talk to the grandma. She's like, cool, let's go. Oh, oh, okay. Um, cool, I guess. I guess you're done. Cool, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you talk to Kai again when you're eventually done with your party. Well, you talk to him for the first time. Oh, you're right. Not again. Yes, you're right. Talk to him for the first time because you couldn't talk to him before because he was out on the fishing trip. Yeah. And try to explain the situation. And he's like, that's not me. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, I'm Kai, but you got the wrong guy. That was my grandpa. And my first thought was, is he lying about it being his grandpa? He's just saying that because that mermaid is not very old. This is my first reaction is like, or is this even completely the wrong town? Like, I, I just assumed he was lying in some capacity. I didn't think that. As soon as she told me the story of the mermaid, I just assumed that there was some magic going on and that maybe that mermaid is evil or something. And she was I immediately believed that that was probably his grandpa and not him, which we find out it truly is here real shortly. But did you actually walk around? I didn't walk. I walked around before I talked to him, but I didn't do it after. So if something changed after you talked to him. Then I didn't see that. Did you notice that Rab was up there, like, chilling with his mom? Oh, yeah. In no, the I, priest I thing? Yeah, and, well, you can't even miss that because you have to pass through there to go to the And it's like, place. hey, man, 
No, you don't, because you start at the opposite side of the of the island. You don't start. You start at the docks. They are all the way in the back. Yeah, but I thought you had to pass through that to get. Because doesn't he tell you to go meet him back there? No, he does. But you can see them there first. Sure, but I guess what I'm saying is that one you can't miss because they're still there when you go. You get there, and Rab right in front of her is like, "Hey, did you uh, did you talk to Kai about the mermaid yet?" And then you look over at his mom, and she's not saying anything. And I'm just expecting her to be like, "So you're trying to get my son killed, huh?" Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not bring this up in front of her, Rab. Like I don't. You were there for the story, man. Like you know how they feel. <laughs> Maybe this is not the right time to bring it up. Also, like yeah, like maybe keep that one on the down low, <laughs> or come up with a code word or something. So after he tells you to meet him, did you see that Serena was there? And yes, like, I did see that. There was this huge line of guys that were like, oh, my arm hurts. Wow, she's so pretty. It's like... Well, they're just taking advantage of poor Serena. Like, well, I'm taking advantage because it's not like I don't think she's there, you know, against her will or whatever. But it's just like, such obviously like, oh, I just want her to like touch my arm or whatever. Like, come on, man. It's like so skeevy. It, has the rest of this game been so creepy? I mean, yeah, we saw that weird guy at the hotel or whatever, but I'm like... All of these people are clearly creeps, and she just doesn't know any better or cares. Yeah, it's it's not nearly as bad as I was uh, thinking, but that's kind of where I was worried when I was talking way back when about being afraid that she was going to be like a child in an adult's body or whatever. Like, that's the sort of thing that I was afraid they were going to try to pull with her, but to a much worse degree than they actually have. But at least in this case, it makes... It's very clear that all the guys are just being unbelievable creeps, which it's like you could just not have half of your town be super creepos. They've never seen a pretty girl. Also, everybody in your village is ugly. I don't know. What are you trying to say? Like, that's yeah. weird. They're like, oh, it's just the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. There's a lot of girls around. It, apparently, half this town are a bunch of jerks. Like, yeah. And I'm apparently just traveling around with just... The, like, the most beautiful women anyone has ever seen. I mean, now, we can only assume that when she was an adult, Veronica was also a stone-cold fox. Just clearly. Well, I mean, she was a twin of Serena, so I have right. to assume That's she what was I'm also saying. good I, looking. I, I would have to assume she, the way they react to Serena, Veronica would have got the same thing. So I wonder how she feels right now. Is she... Like, is she upset that she's not getting the attention anymore? Or is she like, oh my God, finally, they're not doing this to me too. I mean, I was talking about Jade as the other one, but. No, no, no. I, oh, I know. I was just thinking, like, I wonder how she feels about it. I, I, obviously, Jade is who you were talking I about. I have to. I don't think Veronica cares one way or the other. I, I, I think she has the personality of, I don't give a crap about anyone or anything. No, no, see. I disagree. I feel like if anybody's going to care about anything, Veronica seems like someone who cares, who has an opinion about literally everything, regardless of how, I mean, she may care about some things more than others. Whereas like Silvando, I get the feeling all the times, like I've said, you know, he just does whatever. I think Veronica care, like any, any random thing, Veronica's going to have an opinion on it. And I feel like that's going to carry over to things like that. She would probably, my given how she treats literally everybody because Veronica comes with you 
when the rest of the party doesn't because she comes up and complains, everyone in this town is stupid. No one's going to let me drink. And I'm like, Veronica, you're the stupid one. If you haven't figured it out yet, you've made turning back into an adult like a a negative on your priority list. It's like not even on the list, but everywhere you go, you're complaining that people are treating you like a child. I have an easy solution, Veronica. Maybe not be a child anymore. I'm not sure that's an easy solution because we don't seem to have any idea how to do that. But you're right. The she easy can, she solution can definitely is to go and more. try and figure it out. Sure. But, but yes, because she does seem very unconcerned about it for the most part. Andrew, you bring it up to her and she's like, why would, why would I ever do that? It's not even, that's what, it's not even a concern. You said that she's not concerned. She nothings it. To her, it's just like, oh, this has happened, and that's just, it it is now. I'm a child, and and I'll be a child forever, when that would be a priority on my list. I mean, I don't know. If you're someone who's, like, super into studying magic and stuff, I guess you could look at it from the example, now she gets even more time to become even more awesome at magic. Or she can figure it out so she can just stay young forever and just become... 21 or 18 or whatever the legal drinking age in this world is so then she can go around and do as much stuff as she wants but stay alive forever it she it's like the ultimate for anybody i don't know i would be like maybe but like i I feel like you're taking a fairly big vault there to just figure out how to be young forever like that's probably fairly advanced so like this gives her more time to figure that out potentially i mean i'm not disagreeing that like her constantly being like i'm a kid and they treat me like a kid i get it but uh, i'm just saying i i can see how somebody could come to the conclusion that this isn't so bad yet that person continues to complain over and over and over about the fact that they're a child and can't do anything they want to do well yeah that's what i'm saying that part of it yeah i get that's very annoying stuff whatever but like In the grand scheme of things, I could see somebody going, yeah, okay, I can stick with this. That's fine. My point is that she should care because if you figure out how to suddenly make yourself an adult again, you kind of already have a good idea on how you became a child. The only way to verify if that actually works is to do it again. And if you do it again as a child, then you're going to show up as a baby. So you kind of need to figure out both. You can't just ignore either of them. If I was her in this situation, Luminary and Dark One aside, I would drop everything. I'd be like, my pledge to you is done. I'm figuring this out because everyone will pay for this technology, including the Dark One. Now I'm just imagining Veronica as like Boss Baby. <laughs> the, the terrible movie. I just... If she cast it again... Andrew, I was having such a good time. This episode. No, I can't let you do that. I have to ruin it by making you think of a boss baby, Veronica. A great time, and you just keep bringing me down. And I just don't know why. Isn't that my job? I've done nothing to deserve this behavior. Oh, I, I strongly disagree. <laughs> I don't know what specifically you've done to deserve it, but I'm confident you have done something. I've done nothing. I've done nothing to deserve this. So once you get to... Once you go back and you talk to him after you pass Rab macking on his mom, you (laughs) get there and he's like, we can't talk about this in front of the rest of the village because of everyone, their hatred for the mermaids. And he's like, listen, yeah, that's I'm sure you've heard of the story, 
but that was my grandpa and you know i i hate him for it you know i can't this is where he's buried or whatever and i can't even bring myself to come back to this area because i'm so angry about everything that he's put us through and i was like whoa that is hardcore <laughs> dude first off if this was the mermaid's fault you're laying the blame of what the mermaid did to your grandpa and if it wasn't the mermaid's fault and the town treated him like a pariah, burned his boat and didn't let him leave, you're basically just like, screw you, grandpa. I'm just going to side with the town because they say you're evil. So clearly you're evil. I mean, I suppose if you grow up in a situation where that's what you get exposed to all the time, like that happens. I mean, that's not uncommon. That's how a lot of those sorts of things happen, unfortunately, is you just grow up in a society that tells you that. But Yes, but a lot of those people, when they get older and start forming their own opinions based off of information, in a lot of cases, those people change. I am a huge example of that. I guess the thing, though, is, you know, what, uh, what contrary information is he going to get prior to you showing up? Everybody around, it's not like... You know, they have the internet where he can go read the true history or something. Like, everybody around, including his parent, his mother and everything else, like, that's all the o that's the only opinion anybody has. So there, where would he, you know, learn another way, I guess? Because his grandpa's dead and there's nobody else. It's not like there's a whole, you know, society of people that he could be meeting and then gradually changing his opinion or something. It's just the one guy who is no longer alive. Well, we're about to find out. Because after you talk to him and after you say all that, you, you're you're basically tasked with going back to tell the mermaid that her love is dead. So I zoomed, since I now know Zoom, I didn't realize you could go to the stand, which is where she's at. So yeah. I actually ended up going all the way back to Punta Varna or whatever it was. I figured while I was there, I might as well gamble a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then I made my way to, to the stand. And I was like, hey, six hours later, right? <laughs> so listen, mermaid, M Marlene. Speaking of gambling, though, real quick, I will say I did go back and try out the poker table after you told me about it. And I completely agree. That is the by far the easiest way to make the money, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Poker table's awesome. I really but, like the poker table because I went back and got quite a few uh, points myself. Anyway, <laughs> I was I didn't spend nearly as long as you did, but I was like, OK, yeah, I, I can see how you could make a lot of money doing this. Hey, you're not going to get any disagreement from me, because also, did you get any of those orange chests? Because uh, you get a lot of really good gear when you do that, too. I didn't get any of the gear chests, but I did get multiple chests yeah. and they are very nice. The gear chests are really, really nice. And one thing I was really happy was to discover that. Like, if you lose the pick the higher card thing, you lose all your money, but you don't lose the chest. You just lose, you like, or the progress on the chest. You just have to wait until you can do it again. And I'm like, that's super generous. Even if you leave, you can, if you decide to leave, it saves the progress of the chest, too. So if you cash out before you're done with the chest, as long as you keep playing and you do another one, you can immediately make progress on that chest. So like if you do a thousand and you do double or nothing, so you can get 2000 and in that process, you get like a five chest. It's like, I don't want to lose out on $2,000. You can immediately cash out. It'll save that progress in the bottom corner. It'll show up. It'll have your chest and it'll tell you how many locks are on it. Yeah. So then you can waste your locks on like lower level money that you don't really care about. 
Yeah, and again, I just, it's really fascinating going to a casino that appears to be actively trying to make to give its money away rather than a normal casino that's actively trying to take all of yours. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing. Like in video games, pretty much all casinos are basically designed to win you a lot of money. Yeah, because it's the the satisfaction of the player and stuff. No, I get it. I just it's still kind of weird to think about. Like, imagine a real casino being this generous with anything. <laughs> What I'm imagining is the Luminary is just walking in and counting cards. And so he just always knows the best strategy, which is why he can just win so much. And it must be his luck stat or just being the Luminary as to why he's so good at slots and everything. Now, I've played that slime slot a lot, and I still don't understand it. I still have no clue how it works, and I don't really care to learn. The, the Luminary just like walks up and winks at the, at the uh, poker lady, and she's like... Uh, no, you don't want that card. You want that card. Oh, look, you won again. Oh, weird. What did you do? The fortune teller? I didn't even do that because I wasn't sticking around super long. I just did the poker and was like, yeah, this is good. And then kind of left. Amateur hour. I, 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 like I said, I wasn't out there specifically trying to grind a bunch of tokens. I understand that, but it's like 10 seconds. It's just a quick conversation that gives you better odds. You don't have to grind. You know, you don't have to grind grind by using my techniques you can do it for five minutes and get the same amount of effect just because i do it for 10 hours doesn't mean you don't you can't do similar things it's not like i had to set that up you want to know how long it took me to set up the hundred thousand exp i got 20 minutes like 20 minutes yeah that's it if you got 20 minutes you can set up a potential of anywhere between um, 50,000 EXP to 100,000 EXP. It's easy. You just got to set it up right. I, <laughs> I mean, the only reason I didn't check was because I, what if it said it was slots or something? I'm like, I'm literally just here to try the poker table. So I didn't care. You can keep talking to her over and over until she gives you the one that you want. Oh, I figured it would change on a timer, not just every time. Or you, you can just it. reload your auto save. To which it'll just immediately, because it auto-saves as soon as you go into the casino, so you can just load your audio save. The auto-save, it seems, I think, happens every time you go through a scene transition, basically. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to get back to the actual topic, because I wasn't trying to derail with a bunch of uh, gambling chat, but since you brought it up, I had to mention. Um, but yeah, so we go back to talk to the mermaid. <laughs> so you get there, and you're like, hey, uh, dude's dead. She's like, What? I'm gonna kill everyone in town. I was like, "Uh oh, mermaid's evil. We gotta take her out." Oh wait, that's not what happens at all. She like immediately starts crying, gets super sad, and is like, "I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I love him. How could this ever happen?" And I was like, "Huh, it's a little weird that you're having this reaction." Yeah, because I wouldn't expect this reaction out of some evil mermaid. Which I mean, I'm kind of glad because the mermaid seemed sweet when I talked to her before, and I didn't want her to actually be evil, but it did feel like that's where it was going, so you know, it was it was a slight surprise, but a pleasant one. And then, so she says that she asked for a favor, and she goes, can you just lead me to the island? Because it sounds like she doesn't even know where it's at. I wouldn't need to lead her to the island if she knew where it was. So how is she sending hurricanes down on this island when she apparently doesn't even know where it's at? Yeah, the, <laughs> I guess she does kind of know where it's at there because if you cast Zoom, she still gets there. So, or is she getting caught up in the Zoom? With you? 
Did you cast Zoom? No, I, I sailed back, but I... <laughs> because you sail back for two seconds, and then it immediately just like, teleports you there. Zooms you, exactly, yeah. Because it takes you to the back of the island. Yeah, around where the graveyard, where he, he was. Which, again, not sure what this exile accomplished, but cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no clue, no idea. But so she gets there, and you show her the grave, and she's like... The guy that told you this, can you do me one more favor and introduce us? And I'm like, sure. Cool. Okay, I guess. Like, whatever. You know, I guess I'm just a errand boy at this point, but we really need that orb, so let's do it. Although I really want to be nice to her. I would have done it anyway. There's no, yeah. I would have never had said no, because there oh. was an option to be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And I never said it. I haven't said no other than the prince because I really didn't like him. After, so after you made a big deal about how you were going to do it to everyone, you haven't done it since. Well, I only do it to people that like tick me off. And so far, nobody has like really made me angry other than the prince and Silvando when I thought he was still evil. And so I go get him and he's like, yeah, I'll do anything for you. You help save the town. And he's like, I'll... Whatever you need, I'll just just say it. And I'm like, just come back with me. That's all I want. And he's like, that's weird, but let's go. And then you talk to, there's this girl that's standing out there that is apparently like obsessed with him at the party. She was really mad that he wasn't coming out. And she's like, I can't believe that guy. He's out there working on his boat. And then you, when you tell her later that like when he runs by, she's like, he seemed really upset. I wonder if everything's okay. <laughs> and then- when you get there and you talk to her, she's like, he's in his room and he keeps looking out at the sea and I don't understand what's going on. And then I leave and he comes with me and she's like, oh, so you're friends with these guys? Cool. <laughs> oh, no, I can't believe all those things I just said. Please pretend I didn't say any of that. Okay, lady. So then you take him back there and she has it. He's definitely like dude, what are you doing? Why did you bring this mermaid here? And she basically says, I just wanted to confirm it for myself. At first, she thinks it's him. And then as soon as he speaks, she realizes it wasn't. So it's very clear that he was obviously related to this guy. I mean, that was the truth. Right, yeah, they had the resemblance. And then she turns into a human, leaves the water, sings a song for Kai that everybody agrees was super beautiful, kisses the headstone, walks back into the water, and evaporates forever. So I thought that where this was going to go at first was she was going to fall in love with the grandson now. Like when she came in and he was, he was comforting her and they were like, and like stuff. And I thought that's where that was going. That was not where that was going, clearly. And then he's like, oh, I think I've seen her before. I'm like, well, uh, what do you mean? That's weird. And he's like, yeah, we go up and we see his grandpa's house where he was exiled, which what a nice house to be exiled in. Yeah, I mean, he could have tore the house down and built his own boat. Nobody goes back there anyway. He could have made it. (laughs) To be fair, he did eventually he did have a reason to not go back after a minute. But I understand that. But you see her in the veil. Oh, that's right. You, I forgot. You, you showed her the veil to get her to realize that he was actually had passed away, right. and that's why she then follows you. But then you see a painting of her with a veil, and then the grandpa's Jade's like, like, "Hey, yeah, 
there's a letter back here. If only we had seen this before she did what she did. I mean, I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but I got to be honest, Andrew. I definitely teared up here. It was it was emotional because the grandpa talks about how he was absolutely in love with her. He wanted to get to her and the rest of the town just didn't understand. They burned his boat and they exiled him out here. And after the second hurricane, he saw his ex-wife and her daughter. She saw he saw her throw herself off of the cliff in sadness, presumed, because he tried to yell out to her, but because of the wind and, and whatnot, like he just his voice didn't make it. So he swam out to get her and try to save her, but he could only save the child. But when people found him there, and immediately thought that this was some mermaid hybrid or whatever. They thought the child must be evil, but they allowed him to keep the child and just stay there on his own. And so he said in his letter, I I can't go back. Yeah, I, 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 I desperately want to, but I have to take care of this child now. Because nobody else will. And then you find out that that's the mother of Kai. Yes, the lady who was doing the... the and, he, and Kai, I think, even said that it took them ages to or that it took his grandpa ages to convince the town to even let his mother come back in and meet someone and be a part of society again when it and was clear why, that she really was just human right and that's why it took like uh, and that's how she ingratiated herself back into the society society was like by doing being like the most anti-mermaid person of anybody and the child was obviously blue because he fished a baby out of a freezing cold ocean Exactly. And saved it. And I, this is where, because immediately after this emotional exchange, this is where I got so unbelievably angry at Kai, Andrew. If he didn't harbor such intense hatred for his grandpa, for everything that he's quote unquote put their family through and just went to his house and read that letter, he would know that it was the town and not his grandpa. And maybe the mermaid, he could have had a conversation and convinced her to at least spend what time he has left, not necessarily romantically or whatever, but just say, I can hopefully fill that gap for you. I can spend time with you. You can visit me whenever you want. You can visit my family. We can be friends. Because at this point, you find out in the interchange, when you go back to talk to her, she's like, I sometimes forget that mermaids live for 500 years and that's, but it's no different than a dog for us. Yeah. And she said that, and it's like, this could have ended way less sad than it did, except for the fact that what I've always said is true. People are garbage. Just thinking about the fact that like, he died of old age. So she literally had been sitting on that rock for like a hundred years. Yeah. By herself. She sat on that rock and waited him, waited for him. I mean, at that point, he was probably around like 20 or so. So really, she was probably only there for like 60 years. But 60 years around a sixth of her total lifetime. I mean, yeah, that would be like us sitting around somewhere for like eight years for something. It's like all because Kai didn't even bother to think that maybe his grandpa wasn't crazy. If he had just looked at the painting, looked behind it, did any investigation other than cover everything up with a with a 
a towel or whatever. This is the one time where I wanted Veronica to be like, this is your fault. <laughs> this is 100% your fault. You should feel like garbage. You should feel like unbelievable garbage because all of this is your fault. It's also interesting that like, why didn't, why didn't the grandpa after the mother was able to go back to this town or whatever, why didn't he leave then? Was he, I mean, maybe he was worried that they would kick her, the mother out if he disappeared. I don't know. I, I mean, think at that point that he would have been an I old do man, think that but. they mentioned that at one point that at that point that was his daughter and like, he's not going to leave just for her to begin with. Yeah. That's like fair. whether she needs him or not, whether she has the village or not, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Anything could change. And that that's true. I mean, yeah, that's, him. that's going to be a family bond. And I, as soon as you say that, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I don't know why I thought differently. Like I get where he's coming from his grandpa's perspective, but it's like his grandpa left the note. He was actively trying to reach out when he passed, but because his, his daughter didn't listen and because his son or his grandson didn't listen, they all thought that he was just terrible and that this mermaid is the worst thing ever. And it's like, I am so unbelievably angry because all of this could have been avoided if you just had any trust in your family at all. All of it could avoid it. I know everybody's situation is different, but all I, I'll, I'll say one thing, and this hits this hits me a lot at at home because I know I'd never really mentioned it on the podcast before because it's kind of a downer. But essentially, my entire family has passed away at this point. I have one, my sister and my uncle are the only two people in my family left. For everyone out there who still has a family member, estranged or what, never, ever take them for granted. I understand that everyone's situation is different and family members has probably screwed people over and people are angry and everything like that. But these are people that you will never, ever get to see again. It's worth trying. It is. As someone who quite literally can't, it's worth it. And with that, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. Uh, as always, you can find us on um, Twitter or via our Discord server or via email. And as always, the links will be included in the episode description. I am the Luminator.